Recently on the Marketplace Morning Report, you heard our Democracy in the Desert series. We took you to places characterized by researchers as news deserts to see what communities stand to lose when they're without a local news ecosystem, especially during an election year. This kind of reporting takes resources. David Brancaccio went on a six-day reporting trip with two of our producers, grounding themselves in these communities and meeting locals who are trying to find solutions and fill the gaps. Every donation to Marketplace helps sustain this kind of in-depth journalism. Please give what you can today at marketplace.org slash donate. We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash donate. One piece of data, a world of fallout. From Marketplace, I'm Sabri Beneshore, in for David Brancaccio. Yesterday's revelation that inflation wasn't coming down quite as fast as a lot of people had hoped is making investors rethink some things. Interest rates might have to stay higher for longer than they thought. And that is sending waves not just here, but around the world. Marketplace's Nancy Marshall-Genzer explains. The Fed's higher interest rates mean investors buying things like U.S. Treasury bonds get a higher return. Demand for dollars soars. That makes the dollar stronger, worth more than other currencies. That can make it harder for other countries to pay for commodities priced in dollars like oil and to pay back loans made in dollars. So they try to make their currency stronger by raising their interest rates, even though that may not be the best medicine for their economies. Ben Kumar is head of equity strategy at seven investment management. You need to try and make yourself as attractive as you were compared to the U.S., and that usually means higher rates. And Kumar says we're not just talking about developing nations here. Japan is facing pressure to raise its interest rates, which have been low for a very long time. I'm Nancy Marshall-Genzer for Marketplace. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. 
Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. The pandemic dealt a huge blow to live theater, and since then it has been a long, hard crawl back to something resembling the before times. Over in Seattle at the Can Can Culinary Cabaret, things only recently started to feel normal again. Normal but uncertain. We checked in with a few of the performers there. Here they are. Yeah, give it a whirl. Dear friends and foes, in the land of broken hearts where we lay our sea. You're about to witness a story where unconditional love conquers all and defies all laws, where true, pure love is freedom for all. My name is Jonathan Bechtel. I am the uh, MC of the shows and dancer and one of the co-owners. My name is Tori Gresham, and I am a performer, singer, dancer, actor at Can Can. My name is Shadow Mintroni. I am one of the performers. I dance a lot. I sing a little bit. I also help co-produce and I do all the costumes. Hi, my name is Jasmine Jean Sim. I am a performer at Can Can with my main focus being singing and acting. And I attempt some dance from time to time. My big first want was to be in something like Chicago, and I would watch the movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones all the time. Come on, babe, why don't we paint the town? And all that And what I think is pretty amazing is now all these years later, in what feels like the best of my career I've had so far, I'm really kind of living that vaudevillian life. I know a whoopee spot where the gin is called but the Prieta's This Life as a Cabaret performer is an interesting one, for sure. Personally, a big part of it is the teamwork. There's this really, really incredible feeling with each cast where you you have to depend on each other. You have to know that you're all probably hurt on some level. Maybe you're fighting some injury. You're all a little bit exhausted. And there's this incredible power that comes through leaning on each other and depending on each other. At shows, quite often, we get asked when we're walking around and talking to people after, what's your real job? And it's fascinating to see that through other people's eyes, they don't realize this is our full-time job. And not only is it a full-time job, but it takes pretty much all your energy. Then the pandemic hit. I remember that day very clearly. Our audience was incredibly small. It was mostly friends. And it felt like it was everyone almost watching the show for us, like doing a favor for us because they knew it was also weird and awkward. And we also kind of didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden, we didn't see each other for like six months. And some people we didn't see for longer than that. Can was pretty great about helping people navigate what was the next step, whether it be unemployment or some sort of transition into whatever they had to do during the pandemic. But that night was so wild because we just didn't know what was going to happen. It was like to go from the can-can intensity of you're right there and they're literally eye to eye with you. And then to have to go to everyone is at least six feet away was a huge jump. For me, it was pretty devastating because I had five gigs lined up that year, many of which were ones I'd been working for or working towards for a long time. And then watched each one of these gigs I'd worked so hard to book just fall one by one, as they told us, I think this is going to last longer than we thought.
I remember every single day, Johnny and I would go to Chris and Faye, who are the owners of CanCan. We would go to their house because they were our bubble and we would just rack our brains for ways to survive it as a company and also just to give people like Jasmine and Tori, like some other sort of job. I was very, very grateful for what we received via, you know, unemployment and stimulus checks. But there got to a certain point where that ran out. What people also don't think about is you create contacts with these people over years of hard work. A lot of those people left. So you almost had to re-enter your career and start from the beginning again. There was just many moments throughout the pandemic of how long is this going to go on? And am I going to be able to do this physically anymore? Am I going to be able to be in shape for this thing that I used to do 10 times a week? Is this something that is going to outlast my longevity in this career. Every couple weeks or a month or whatever it was, I'd get a new email saying what the new plan was. And it was fascinating because it would never quite happen, but not because of us, but because of the stipulations or because we didn't quite move to phase two or what, whatever the thing was. And so it was so exciting to finally be back What I found particularly hard was that coming back, wearing masks as performers, you're taking away so much of your expressive ability. And so I think we joked a lot like, oh, I'm going to need some good Botox after this because the way my eyes and eyebrows would be moving, I hope you can see that I'm winking at you. Like we really were pushing our eyebrows to their extent. I think when we first got back, It was a brand new space. It was crazy. It felt like nuts. And I think we had maybe a month where we weren't in masks. And then the mask mandate was reinstated in Washington. So then we went back into masks, which was nuts as well. Like you're on this adrenaline high of being back in the business. You're like back in shape. You're ready. You're rearing to go. And then the mask mandate happens and COVID cases start climbing again. Then you add on top of that as a singer or as a dancer who's breathing really hard, and needs the breast support. And for a singer needing that clarity of voice, it is so hard to project through masks. So that was a big challenge. And then you add on to that, that our audiences want so badly to be there and are excited, but you can also tell that they're nervous. So it was a big learning process. Like how do we keep the intimacy without at this time encroaching on people's space and making sure they feel safe? I was always very impressed by how many people after the show would say, at a certain point, I didn't even notice you were wearing masks. And I think that speaks to the power of our performers, which is that even through something that obscures the majority of your face, the intentionality, the professionalism, and the like little glitter in your eye, literally and figuratively, remains and still can connect with you. such a crazy endeavor to you know jump out of the pandemic jump into this design and and creation process of a new theater and then just kind of hope that we did anything right you know it took us quite some time to sit down and just keep laying out the room and and figuring out what this new creature was going to be in the old space we had there for 15 years and we're allowed to slowly evolve over time and find the perfect dynamic with that space the potential for catastrophe is very high we're both a small family-owned restaurant and a small family-owned theater that operate at the same time, we kind of were shot out of cannons, and it was um, both exciting and terrifying at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
not very long ago did it start to feel like we're back in the business and we have full crowds and people aren't skeeved out by being around strangers, not even just us, just other people in the venue. Probably in the last year, it's really evened out. And there's, you know, ebbs and flows with that. Whenever a spike in cases with COVID particularly happens, we'll notice it with our audiences. But I would say the last year has really felt normal again. Our show, House of Hearts, is a really wonderful take on a sort of footloose style story in that we are in a made up kingdom run by a egotistical queen and her two sisters and she has outlawed love which of course then feeds into her self-centeredness and allows her to say i'm the only one you can love only the queen Johnny plays Puck, who is the love interest of Aurora, who is the youngest sister. I play Aurora. Tori plays Luna, who's the middle sister, the quirky sort of -of out-of-the-box character. Jasmine plays the queen, which is Queen Astral, who is the ruler of the queendom. And then Ray, who is our resident cat in the show, um, he sort of plays the queen's spy. So he's the one who ends up giving some stuff away. I won't give too much away by saying all that. And then there's this moment in the end where the queen is sort of faced with, am I able to change this law or will I have to sort of sacrifice my sister and this relationship? And it's so funny because that makes it sound so serious when in reality, it's the silliest, most upbeat version of that story. But the heart of the story remains, which is that when you choose to allow everyone to love there is meaning and joy in that and then just some sexy fun ridiculous dancing and a lot of red in the best way it is such a blessing to be a performer at can can and to share the stage with everyone else that's just so incredible there's also a lot of really unsung heroes at can can between our bartenders our service staff our kitchen there's a whole team that just is nose deep in the computer all day long to make sure that this all keeps running. There's just so many people that make this what it is. Amen to that. It takes a village to run a business like CanCan successfully. And we are lucky every day that people care enough to put all of their effort into making our shows run successfully and be great and give our audiences the best time. So totally just want to say that same thing that Johnny did. To anyone listening to us talk about everything we do on stage, we, we can't do it without the people in the seats. So please keep supporting live theater and showing up. And just remember that when you go see a show, you're also supporting all the people that are trying to make the show possible. So we, we can't do it without you. And we want you to keep coming and come see a show at CanCan. In New York, I'm Sabri Beneshore with the Marketplace Morning Report. From APM American Public Media.